London. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in, Miller and Condon, on a Wednesday, hump day, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. is Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we're with you here for the next couple of hours, and we certainly appreciate you spending some of that time period with uh, with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list, back to local programming for the next couple of hours, and uh, we shall start at about 1025 with our friend, with our friend Michael Swain, uh, from CycloneAlert.com, 247. Uh, boy, oh boy, one of these days, Trent, these Cyclones are going to mess around to put one in the wind column. <laughs> what a monumental win it would have been last night if it would have should have. We'll get to that coming up. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News, all the NFL conversation uh, that is starting to ratchet up again after... Well, you take two weeks off after the Super Bowl, but ready or not, here comes the NFL offseason, and it's about to be upon us. Wednesday means David Kaplan joins us to lead off hour number two. This Wednesday is no different. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy. We will do Chicago sports with our friend the Capman. And then speaking of friends, John Miller, uh, Hawkeye podcast. He joins us this morning at 1125. We'll get his take on the Hawks. He's teasing some things coming up at his... Now, would you call that a site? Hawkeye Podcast, not a website. It's a podcast. Right. So it doesn't, doesn't flow. I'm gonna, so got some new things coming up at his podcast. Pod, okay. All right. Uh, so <laughs> regardless of uh, that, John Miller will join us. I look forward to catching up with my old friend John Miller, who sat in this chair from two to four for a long time uh, back in the day. How are you? I'm good. Fun night last night as I was out and about calling girls basketball here on KXNO. Did you have a good game? Turned into a blowout. It was an entertaining game, very high paced. It was, uh, well, kind of like the Iowa Maryland women's game yesterday. Yeah. (laughs) It was 52 32 at the half, so Johnson was getting up and down the floor. Did Maryland crack a hundo in that game? Yeah, they finished with 111. Jesus. Yeah. As uh, that one, though, was the story right after we went off the air in the 41-point first quarter, and then very quickly the uh, story changed on Twitter, what was happening with Tiger Woods in the afternoon. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know what? And this was, this might sound cold. Um, I'm kind of getting tired of your accident fatigue. Already? Yeah. You know, I mean, you can't go. You can't turn on anything. can't log on anywhere. I just feel awful for him. Yeah. He's he, he's golf. <laughs> he's golf. He is for you, and you are not alone. Yes. I am... I'm a big Tiger fan. I He makes it more entertaining. When he is involved, uh-huh. you can swallow any tournament that Tiger Woods is involved. Right. When the Red Polo's in the hunt on Sunday, yes. sit down and get, grab yourself a comfortable space on the couch or your chair. And put the remote over there because you're not going to need it. It's it's appointment TV. And, uh, you know, he's the, the comeback to win the Masters as he did. Does he have another one in him? Certainly hope he does. Uh, and, and glad that... Um, air quote, only, mm-hmm. you know, the extremities that uh, took the brunt of the injury yesterday. So, uh, but it just seems like tr- you just can't turn anything on without, right. uh, and I get it. I mean, he's an icon for crying out loud, but when it became apparent that, anyways, I don't want to dig, Go too dig, down. No, yeah, I, dig a deeper hole for myself because I really am just a, a, enough. Yeah, I understand that. And yeah, if you're kind of in that fashion where 
I, on the other hand, had a busy afternoon yesterday and didn't see a ton of the coverage, then went, called basketball. So I didn't get into it until last night, and I still felt like I didn't get enough. Really? Where that, that was the case for me, that I didn't get enough of it because uh-huh. it is Tiger Woods. Right. And it is the most famous athlete in the world. Well, I thought Muhammad Ali was. Uh, was. Was. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's on that list, right? I don't know... Yeah, when you go across the pond, you go somewhere in Europe or Asia. Well, golf's pretty big over there. It is, again. depending on what part. You know, uh-huh. if you're certainly on the western part of Europe, you're a lot bigger over yeah. there in England and Ireland and the like. But in Asia, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably so. Ali lighting the torch in the, what was the 96, 98? 98, oh, I think. Olympic. 96. Was it 96? Yep. Uh, in Atlanta, just, wow, just chills. Just absolute chills, and Parkinson's had taken over uh, his body at that point, and he's shaking. But, oh, my God, what an incredible moment, because uh, I, I'll never forget it, speculating on the air who's going to be, because it was a big secret. <laughs> yes, who, right. Who's going to light the torch? And that Tom happened. Glavin was probably your choice. Well, I don't remember who it was, but I know who it wasn't. <laughs> And it was Muhammad Ali, and what an incredible moment. Anyways, uh, we move on to, to where we should start the program. Trent, this Cyclones team, they're going to win a game. Yeah. I, I think they're going to win on Saturday, but I'm sure everybody's now going to be on them for Saturday because it's TCU after all. Trent, for 35 minutes, 36 minutes, Iowa State is winning this basketball game. Look, they were never going to win by 17, which is what they were up at one point. They go into the locker room at halftime, up five. They come out. Baylor cuts it to two. Iowa State extends it to five. Baylor cuts it to one. Iowa State extends it to four. Baylor ties it up. Three ball by Harris, 58-55. They kept answering everything Baylor had for them until the very end with a couple of bad possessions. And you you know what? As I sit here today, it is really hard to be critical of Rasir Bolton. Mm-hmm. He had a couple of bad possessions late in the game. Trent, what a remarkable game the young man had yesterday. That spin move going to the basket, off the glass and in. He had that all night long. And he played his you-know-what off. Harris making shot after shot after shot. They're still playing, Trent. you got to say this about Steve Prohm. Mm-hmm. He has not lost this team one little bit. Uh, I love the fact that he's... You know, he's stuck with uh, the two the going small, uh, starting Jackson and starting Harris at the expense uh, of, uh, of Walker and Johnson. Um, team's going to win a basketball game. In fact, they might win a couple before it's all said and done. It feels like it's trending that Doesn't direction. Doesn't it to you? So, it does to me, too. I uh, found it interesting. I was listening to John and Eric on the call then on my way home last night from Johnston, and you could feel the game as Baylor was making that run. I got in the car. I think it was right when they had that five-point lead or four-point mm-hmm. lead, whatever it was, and you could feel Bailey, all right, here they come, and yeah. just you know, how the game was going and what inevitably was going to happen. I was able to watch the last two minutes when I got home uh, on my phone, but hearing that, hearing how much you could tell John and Eric wanted oh, the win for those guys. Cyclone Nation, you could tell. Well, I'm guessing you could. Even as... They weren't in Waco. They right. were yeah, just they were up down the hall from us, <laughs> right? From where we're sitting right now. Yeah. That's where they were calling that game, and you could, and that's for everybody. But I, I found this interesting as I was going through the box score afterwards. The win probability when Iowa State was up seventeen, 
Mm-hmm. Guess what Baylor, this is from Ken Pomeroy, Okay, his analytic system, what the win probability for Baylor for still at that. Baylor, down 17. That, down 17 oh with, gosh. what was it, it's about six and a half minutes left. In the first In half? In the first half, yes. Um, I, I have no idea. Probably not as as large as you would think. They were still, Baylor was yeah. still 89% to That's win the crazy. game. That's crazy. That shows you the gap between these mm-hmm. two teams. The largest or the closest, if you will, Iowa State was to winning analytically this game, and the way it was, is when they had that lead, and it was still just a 24.3% chance of winning the game when they were up five with uh, just over six minutes to go. Huh. Jeez. Trying to Our thought, analytics weird. Yeah, they really weren't. Being 89%, you're down right. 17. You're down 17. Look, here's another thing. Here's what I don't want to hear. This team was rusty. This team is coming off. that. The break is true. Mm-hmm. They interviewed the guys. They said, do a man. The Baylor players said, no, we're not rusty. We had a phenomenal practice yesterday. There's no rust to our game. And they played that during the broadcast yesterday. So did they make a couple of sloppy, un-Baylor-like passes? Yeah, maybe. But it wasn't... It, it, it wasn't because that you know they hadn't done anything in three weeks. Iowa State played them tough. Did mm-hmm. they get Baylor at their best? Probably not. But it wasn't because Baylor didn't think they were going to come out and play their best. They expected to be Baylor last night. They what? didn't expect Iowa State to show up the way they did. Did uh, they say on the broadcast, or did you hear why JTT didn't play for uh, Baylor? He's, yes, he's still uh, COVID. COVID, okay. I think, and, and they expect him to play Saturday against Kansas. Gotcha. Uh, if you're wondering why I said JTT, it's, it's hard to say Chachu. Jonathan Chamwa Chachu. Right. JTT. JTT works for me. Right. Uh, yeah, but they said at the beginning of the broadcast that he wasn't available last night. And the only guy, though, the rest of the compliment was there. Yeah, I think was there. they were. Yeah. yeah. Flagler was there off the bench. My yeah. God, that he plays, you know what? Uh, you know who I was more impressed with as anybody uh, on that Baylor team? Mark Vital. Yeah. He's six foot four, Trent. He's playing the five when Tom is not in there. 15 rebounds for him last night. 15. And remember what he was before the injuries a couple of years ago, too. I mean, he was so explosive, mm-hmm. and that explosiveness has been robbed. Yep. He's not the guy that I think a lot of people thought he could be. I think people thought he could be a guy that maybe even had a chance at the league, even as undersized as he was, but he's had to reinvent his game. Yeah. Was it last year or the year before when he first was coming back off that injury? And... Scott Drew was trying to play him and trying to get Must him Must have been the year before because Fran Fraschilla called him out about a month ago on Twitter. Okay. Uh, because he, was, he wasn't he was playing as well as he did last year, according to uh, Fraschilla. And then Vitals, I mean, since then he's been terrific. He was yeah. really good. He was so active under the basket last night. Only had three points. Only had three points in the basketball game. Uh, but um, he was a huge, huge piece of that. Mitchell, of course, Teague, such a good shooter, although he struggled from three. The whole team struggled from three. They were settling for three. Baylor was in the first half, I thought. Uh, but look, the the bigs for Iowa State, you, you'd like to think that uh, Solomon Young, who's been so good, would have had one of those games yesterday. He was put in an awful spot late in the basketball game when I think it was Bolton down the baseline and he threw the ball to Young. He was out of control and had and Young had no, I mean, Young turned it over, threw it away because he was about to be trapped, but he was put in a bad spot there. Condit got one right underneath the mm-hmm. basket, just you know, drop it in, and decided to throw it out uh, to the boundary. I think it was Coleman Lands that was there, and he would subsequently miss that three, but he gave up a, gave up a possession there. But a couple of bad possessions in the final few minutes, or 
The clones, we'd have been talking about them here today as winning a basketball game and knocking off the number two team in the country, but it's going to happen. I feel, I feel that this team is finally going to know, realize what it's, um, get that taste for winning. Entertaining game. It was. And, and I, I think, certainly didn't think it was going to be going in. I don't right. think anybody did. Trent, on Monday, I said it's like a bye game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And sometimes those bye games, uh, this will happen. You'll get in a tussle. Right. Bam- Baylor's coming back off three weeks. Iowa State's going to be like a, you know, a bye game. But they played their ass off. So and we, Prom coached as you know what off. So we get uh, the scheduling change that also happened. Well, why does everything happen right after our show? Every single time. Well, we do catch a few breaks. A few. Yeah, lately, they've gone against us. They have. There a lot of 12 o'clock announcements, uh-huh. Central Time, a lot of 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So, not just the opportunity that Iowa State has against TCU, but there's a couple more in yeah, here. Right. Texas on... And I think they're all ESPN Plus, by the way. I believe every one of them... Uh, and I got this from the Big yes. 12 site. Yep, that's what I'm looking at. Are also. you okay? And so all I'm very happy to plus, see Big right? Monday is there. Yeah, we, Oklahoma. It's Bed, it's uh, Bedlam, right? It is. Yeah, in Stillwater, Okie State for that one. Three games on Tuesday, including Iowa State welcoming in Texas. Six o'clock tip. Uh that wasn't listed here. Okay. Yeah, six o'clock though. Perfect is where it is. Thursday, then they go down to Lubbock. That's a quick turnaround, uh-huh. and then back on the road for Saturday. So I'm gonna guess. They'll finish up the game Thursday night in Lubbock and then fly to Manhattan or well, stay in Lubbock? I mean, we didn't we ask that question last week when they had one of those quick turnarounds and they came back? They did. This feels a little different, I'm, though. I'm with you. And with you. What, uh, do you know what time the Saturday game is? There's that TBA. The, the game against TCU this Saturday? No, 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 the following no, Saturday. No, I have not seen any times yeah. other than Texas. You know, they're going to be playing Thursday night. And if they're playing, you know, at 11 a.m. tip in Manhattan, uh-huh. I think that also changes right. the equation a little bit too. But uh, and speaking of Kansas State, how about that win last? Well, how about night? the night last night? Michigan State beating Illinois. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, K State. You know what? Iowa State softened them up, Trent. <laughs> there, that's what it that's, is. All that's right. the take. Iowa okay. State softened them up, and they had nothing left when they got to, took on those cats. Uh, but yeah, big night. Michigan State. So what do we make of Sparty? Because this was no fluke. This was not a freak right. whatsoever. Yes. You know, by the way, Donnie Marshall's good. Listening, you to like him, Donnie Marshall? Yeah, and you know what? I'm not. Sure, I'm sure I have. Um, but uh, listening to him prior to the uh, ESPN Plus co- uh, feed coming on last night, um, that was a pretty good crew. That was a pretty good crew. But the game itself, Michigan State took it to Illinois. Never gave the never gave the Illini a chance. Rocket Watts is as simple as that. That he's don't know. Just not turning it over and being the. Crazy guy with the ball. One turnover combined the last two mm. games. What's Michigan State? 2-0. Mm-hmm. Beating Indiana and now beating... Those are two good wins. Is this... Who's Michigan State? Oh, let me look at this. I, I want to go the same direction <laughs> as you. What do they have left? Because they've got to have four left. Well, one of them's Michigan. I think their final game of the year is they Michigan. They play them back-to-back to end the season. Do they? Oh, good luck. So for Michigan State to even get back in the equation, you know, what's it going to take? Mm-hmm. Their resume... They are number 64 right now at Ken Palm. Okay. All their losses have come in conference. So all nine losses. Non-conference strength of schedule, not great. They got five left. They have no shot, Trent. I'm looking at it right now. They they play tomorrow night. They can beat Ohio State. Do you think? Yes. All right. Well, I'm... you didn't think they could beat Illinois. What they no, do? I didn't. I didn't. I absolutely didn't. They go to Maryland. Okay. They, yeah. Have they played them yet this year? Is that a one-off for them? Did they play them in December? That they did not. Be the only one. Yep. Okay, so that's winnable. Um, Indiana, they just beat them in, at their place. Right. 
and then back to back against the Wolverines. If they go four and one, I still think that's the only way that they can get in themselves, even in position to be a tournament team, is to go four and one. They go then to Indianapolis, needing with the to chance. win a game. Well, probably. And they got to at least get to the semifinals. On? They at least have to get to the semifinals, even at four and one. Now, let me ask you: When you're putting these in the win column, and you're not even thinking twice, you're yeah. thinking about your hundred to one ticket. Well, <laughs> yeah, I got. I do have a hundred to one for Michigan State to win the Big Ten tournament. Right. I uh, look today; that's already dropped after the wins. Now it's fifty to one. Is it? Is what you can get into yeah, DraftKings? Still throwing your money away, but well, you know what? Not a hundred to one though. You take yeah, a shot, right? It's fun. Absolutely fun. Michigan State, a couple other numbers here. I wanted to find their their net though is still seventy five. They yeah. might have to run the table, yeah. like all the way to the big. Well, if they do run the table, well, if they do run the table in the back to backs against Michigan, uh, right. That's certainly going to go a long way. And Ohio State's uh, where they rank this week. They they still got to be top five. Yeah, right. A lot of quality wins, uh-huh. but that is going to be difficult. When your computer numbers are this bad, this deep into the season, mm-hmm. it's really hard yeah, to change them. it is. Well, you know what? It's it's good to see Izzo has this uh, team playing well back-to-back against uh, back-to-back against Michigan. So, we'll get back to Iowa State here in just a few minutes with our mm-hmm. friend Michael Swain from 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Felt good, Trent. Felt it was going to happen. Um, again, didn't go their way, but uh, say la vie. Uh, we shall see. You know, it's not the shiniest night uh, of of games tonight, I I think there's well, there's an SEC game with Alabama late Alabama Arkansas, Arkansas. Uh, but there's and there's one Big Ten game I want to say wouldn't uh, that be fun to see a full Bud Walton Arena tonight just yeah that just I love that arena do I, you? I love the big hog on the floor maybe yeah I like the hog on the floor it's the memories of me I. That was a formative team for me. So what the the championship year ninety two or three a night? Well, leading into it, I just there was something about Corliss Williamson and a shaved yeah. head. I shaved my head in basketball because of because <laughs> no, of Corliss. You did, did yeah, you and I fired threes and I had the baggy shorts like Scotty Thurman. Oh, I love that Arkansas so, team. That's Corey funny. Beck, he was short like me, so I loved him. Funny, you Pig say Miller, that. he was fat yeah. like me, so I liked him. It yeah. just. I love that Arkansas team. That's probably more than anything. You take little pieces from... So you shave your head, you wear your baggy uh-huh. shorts, and uh-huh. I would tape my stick like ore. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, funny, but if you think back to when you were kids and what you did, right, to try to... Arkansas basketball. Them. Yeah, of all things. Right. Of all things. Well, uh, so not the shiniest night no. tonight, but uh, last night was What was that was Big phenomenal. Ten game you mentioned? It's Indiana Rutgers. Rutgers? They need wins, don't they? So does Indiana. Right. Um, yeah. Looking again at computer and numbers. Is, that's got to is is that is that a Big Ten? That must be a Big Ten Network game. I don't see an ESPN side. Seven o'clock BTN. Yep. You know, I'm starting to, this this ESPN Plus thing. Once you you, you get past the the um, the fear mm-hmm. of pressing the arrow and it's there, or it's not there, and then the subsequent snap when it's not there and Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> Help! Um, but once you're in, but once I'm in, you, know, you got to go for a piss. You take the iPad with you. Yeah, you got to yeah. go down. You want to go downstairs and get a beer? You take the iPad with you. It's pretty good. It's huh? not bad. So it's certainly got the benefits to it. But Trent, honest to God, it's um, it's anxiety. Yeah. Just because is it going to work for right, you? Right, seven o'clock tip. You tip. You you, you punch it at six fifty nine. The game has not yet started. You get that error message, and then it's seven o one, and and then where's on? where is it? Where, where is, is it? what's going on? Did I do something wrong? That's it. Do right? I hit backwards, or should I just wait here for another minute? 
that anxiety. Well, I'm glad I'm not alone because there is yeah. anxiety that uh, that comes along with it. Anyways, where are the keywords? Do you have them? I don't. I got a keyword here. All right, it's time for we're gonna we're gonna do a double team this again. Let's knock it out. Time for another thousand dollar slam dunk. Text the keyword fun to two hundred two hundred right now. It's your chance at a thousand dollars. That's F U N fun. Nice. To 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, back with Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Can they win a couple? TCU? Yes. Texas? Yes. Texas Tech? Got to hit threes. Yeah. Keep the turnovers down. Yeah, get Solomon Young going again. Yep, get Solomon Young. I mean, Harris was... It was terrific. I don't know if he can duplicate that. Needs to. Uh, but, yeah, this team could win a couple of basketball games. Michael Swain. Then Vinny Iyer. We'll get into the NFL with Vinny as that is starting to percolate again. NFL offseason. Miller and Condon with you until noon. By the way, Cappy's here at 11.05. Brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. And then our friend John Miller from Hawkeye Podcast is 1460 KXNO at 106. Untucked. One in four families are impacted by pregnancy and infancy loss. That's why Amanda the Panda, a program of Every Step Grief and Loss Services, provides the Little Footprint Support Group. This virtual group offers a safe space to share and connect with others touched by miscarriage, stillbirth, and infant loss. Little Footprints welcomes anyone who has been impacted by prenatal and infant loss. To learn about our upcoming support group, which begins on April the 19th, visit everystep.org slash loss. Miller and Condon, welcome back. Almost 10.30 on a Wednesday, 15 minutes away from Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Do a little NFL with our friend Vinny Iyer, three-time Jeopardy champion and a Northwestern grad. Let's do Iowa State right now. Let's get back to him. Michael Swain, 24-7 SportsCycloneAlert.com. Michael Trenton, Ken, as always, we appreciate your contribution. Thank you in advance. Boy, it felt like it for the longest time that uh, that monkey was going to come off their back, that they were going to put one in the win column but in the end a couple of bad possessions down the stretch and uh, unfortunately still winless but a heck of an effort nonetheless michael definitely i feel like that's kind of been maybe the story of our conversations we've had over the last yep. few weeks it's been iowa state come so close you know you think about just all the litany of games over the last really two weeks you think about oklahoma they kind of have them on the ropes in norman um you think about west virginia before that and then now baylor all of a sudden you know it really looked like, I think, really midway through the first half, there was a moment where I was kind of like, wow, they, they might actually have a chance at really doing this because we've seen Iowa State have good 10-minute stretches before, you know, but the question is the other 30 minutes of the game. And, well, you know, last night it really was uh, kind of flipped where Iowa State played really well for just about 30 minutes, and then the final 10 minutes of the game, really, they kind of fell apart. Or really, it's more so the, the final five minutes yeah. of the first half and the final five minutes of the second half that really kind of did Iowa State in. But I think there are some positives you could take is just, you know, really the, the competitiveness and being able to compete with a team like Baylor. Yeah, they were coming off a COVID pause, but that's still an incredibly talented team, a veteran team that really knows a lot about each other. Um, and to be able to do that and compete with them like that, I think, does say a lot about Iowa State right now. Well, speaking of what it says, what does it say to you, Steve Prohm, the job that he still gets these guys to compete? How easy it would be for them just to throw in the mm-hmm. towel, maybe guys opting out? That has not been the case here. We have not seen that happen. What does it say to Prohm and at least trying to build a case 
in this crazy year of coming back and getting another season? Yeah, I think you have to have a lot of respect for what Coach Prohm has done this season. I think just from a big-picture perspective, if you go into this season and tell him he's not going to have the Ole Miss transfer, Blake Henson, you're going to lose Xavier Foster for the season in early January. You know, those are two big blows, and I think that he's kind of done his best with the roster. Um, I think that you can maybe point to some things um, that need improvement on a game-to-game basis. You could look at turnovers, rebounding, stuff like that, but I think the the individual buy-in on a game-to-game basis has been really impressive. Yeah. Um, no, one's, no one's really kind of quit, and even with guys that like Javon Johnson, who got benched mm-hmm. against Oklahoma, didn't play a ton, he still comes in and plays well. I think that speaks to what he has with this team right now. No, I couldn't agree with you more. The kids are still playing hard, and I like the fact that, and maybe it was too late, you could criticize him for that, but he did switch up the lineup uh, against Oklahoma uh, in the second half, and uh, as you mentioned, uh, Johnson and Walker, they both grabbed some bench, and they don't start yesterday, and they go small with Harris and Jackson. I thought that gave them a spark. I really did. Um, so will we see this lineup going forward, you think? Is this now what we will take into the final week of the regular season that Harris and Jackson have established themselves in that starting rotation? I think so, because if you look at what Steve Prohm wants out of this team, he wants the good ball movement. He wants the intensity and energy on the defensive side of, of the floor. And I think that that's maybe what you get with Trey Jackson and Tyler Harris on the floor. Yeah, you're surrendering some size on the glass, mm-hmm. but those two really do bring a lot in terms of energy Quick. on the defensive side of the ball. They're quick, they're twitchy. I mean, you saw that in the opening stretch of the game where Tyler Harris is forcing turnovers, Trey Jackson gets three steals in the first half. You know, those two bring different things that compared to like Javon Johnson and Jaden Walker, who are more maybe shot creators for other people, whereas maybe you look at the Tyler Harris and Trey Jackson where they're maybe more of off-ball players. So, you know, it's an interesting kind of formula that Steve Prohm has found here. And I think it also allows maybe Javon Johnson to take on maybe a little bit of a different role where maybe he can be kind of a, a secondary scorer with kind of maybe some of the other bench guys like a George Condit um, or even Jane Walker beside him. But I think, yeah, definitely going into the final you know week, 10 days of the season, I think this is definitely going to be the uh, lineup going forward. You know, you mentioned Xavier Foster not ha- not having him, him being lost for the season. Uh, we saw Condit yesterday in the basketball game, picked up two fouls very quickly, and both on the offensive end of the floor, which, you know, obviously that's not ideal by a long ways. I just, uh, this would have been a perfect opportunity to get the uh, the young man some appreciable playing time in some big moments. Would have been, I'm not saying that that the results would have been any different, but he would have played in some big games. And when Condit goes uh, out with a couple of fouls very quickly, Solomon Young was struggling last night to get it going as well. Foster could have made a difference in that basketball game. 100%. And I think that that was maybe one of the big takeaways I had was it was really almost a net zero from the, the center position. You know, Solomon Young had more turnovers than he had points. George Condit had four fouls and only played under 20 minutes. Um, I think that, yeah, you're totally right. Xavier Foster would have helped a lot in that game. And there are plenty of other games this this kind of last month, month and a half stretch where you really feel that Xavier Foster could have helped just because he offers some floor spacing, um, more uh, skill, if you will, in terms of just overall basketball ability. You know, George Condit, really kind of a rim-running kind of center. Uh, Solomon Young isn't really a defensive presence, but is a good post player. But, you know, Xavier Foster would add a different element to this team. But, and I think if you're thinking, you know, long term for this Iowa State team, it would have been really helpful for his development to be able to get some game time this season. Even if he wasn't uh, a huge contributor or a huge fixture in the rotation, any game minutes are important game minutes for young big men. 
So yesterday we saw the announcement of the schedule change for the final week of the regular season, getting as many games in as possible. And I'm assuming that this is just to hit the requisite number for the ESPN contract and get those games, get that full check for everybody that they're going to be looking for. But another release came out yesterday, and that's about the Big 12 tournament. Reduced capacity as anticipated, but a little bit more time between the games. 10.30 a.m. that first quarterfinal ago Mm. as opposed to 11. Uh, Coming up on Thursday, the semifinal Friday night, 5.30 and 8.30 tip times for those two games, which should be a great time. But uh, one thing I didn't see was the actual attendance number. You can buy anywhere from one to eight tickets for your pod and your group. But uh, did you see an official number, Michael, about how many people are going to be allowed inside the building? I haven't seen a specific quota yet that they're going to allow in the the arena for the Big 12 tournament. Um, I'll be interested to see what they do allow, if it's going to be something closer to maybe what Iowa State has done in terms of fans, where it's maybe a little under, I believe it's 2,000, or if you're going to see them do what maybe some other Big 12 schools have done. I think of maybe Kansas that's up near 3,000, I want to say. And plus, it's a bigger arena as well. So it'll be really interesting to see, though, kind of what the number of fans they allow in and even who decides to show up. I'd be really curious to see kind of the different fan bases that are able to make Mm -hmm. a trip if they so elect to make a trip. I'm sure there will be lots of Iowa State fans because, you know, that's kind of Kansas City's the (laughs) spot for them, really. Um, So it should be interesting to see, though, what they allow. And it's also just crazy to think that a year ago I was driving to Kansas City and they canceled the whole Big 12 tournament so it's kind of crazy but it's really good to be able to have fans back in the building yeah no doubt about it you know just uh, one thing on Rasir Bolton who played his you know what off last night I I love when as aggressive as he was and he has been for the most part of the season um, taking the ball that little spin move and uh, kisses it off the glass and that seemingly was there all night for him Uh, but yet down the stretch you you touched on a little bit the the final sequences particularly I'm with you on the first half because they let Baylor get back into the game in the final few minutes of the first half as well but second half when um, it was 55 it was tied to 55 I think and then Harris hit another three and you thought for a minute you know what they're gonna they're, they're gonna do it um but then a couple of bad possessions which Bolton had a couple of them but man tough to criticize him after the night that he had last night and that's the thing with Rasheer Bolton like he is just asked to do so much for this team you know I noticed throughout the game for example he was having to rebound with Mark Vidal and yeah, good luck. <laughs> you know, two, two, right. You know, two, two big men against your point guard, you know, and I just think he does so many little things that maybe on an individual game, you may not notice, but you go back and rewatch it and you just notice kind of all the little things he does on the defensive side of the ball, helping rebound, helping kind of make sure guys are in the right spots. And then when these stretches do happen where he does have these bad moments, it really makes it tough to criticize him because he's asked to do so much throughout the game that it's one of those things where can you really get on the guy for having a bad two-minute stretch where for the other you know, 30, 35 minutes he's on the floor, he's really just been the, the best player on your team. And I think you do have to give a lot of credit to him too for just competing game in and game out because when you're asked to do that much, you could, I think you could easily see someone not necessarily folding under that pressure, but not necessarily being up for it every game. And there's one thing you say about Rasheer Bolton is he's up for it just about every game. You know, he's always busting his butt mm-hmm. um, on both ends of the floor, and he's really going to – if Iowa State's going to win one of these games down the stretch, I think you're going to need to see what you saw from Rasheer Bolton for about 32 minutes yesterday. One thing I uh, found interesting, I, I was reading – a, uh, over at Cyclone Alert, what you had up on the transfer from Villanova, Jaquan Amos, on the football side of things. And you guys at 24-7 now 
working to rank these transfers as they're coming in, which is really cool. And he got a good rating. But my question's more about just recruiting in general as you're looking now at what is going to be the 2022 class with no availability still for these guys to get on campus. It's still those Zoom meetings for these kids now that are going to be seniors next year. Just how difficult recruiting is in general and how Iowa State's working to combat that. Yeah, it really is tough for a lot of these young men that are having to make these decisions. Uh, I, I get to talk to a lot of them, you know, and it really does seem like so many were looking forward to April, May, finally getting out and getting to see these places in person. But now with the dead period being extended through the end of May now, um, it's back to Zoom. And you saw Iowa State last night had a, had a Zoom call with um, one of their kind of high-end targets at Arizona, Kieran Adams, um, and that's what they've been doing. And they do a really good job with Zoom creating a family atmosphere to where it does feel like these recruits are going on visits. You know, you got to give a lot of credit to Matt Campbell for taking the time to hop on Zoom with a lot of these guys and, you know, for the Iowa State staff to consistently have a presence on Zoom and through FaceTime and through all these different things. Um, there's a lot of really cool stuff that Iowa State does through kind of the, the Zoom technology that you have now where they can sit down with the recruit and show them film. You know, that's something that they did with Carson Willich, a linebacker out of Kansas City, was they sat down and said, hey, we want you to play this position here, and here's some film of Jake Hummel. Um, we think you can do this, this, and this. And so that's just a really clever recruiting tool um, and things like that that maybe are going to help separate Iowa State because for Willich, he said no other school had done that with him. So I think Iowa State has done a really good job using Zoom to their advantage when they can't get kids on campus to see the new buildings, to see Jack Trice Stadium. You know, really getting in and trying to show them, you know, how much they do care about them as you know people, but also as football recruits, because that's what this is all about, really. It's the kids trying to find the right place for them to develop themselves to be the best they can be. I uh, just got a note from one of our listeners in the Kansas City area. He said Blair Kirkhoff apparently today in today's Kansas City Star said thirty eight hundred procession okay. will be uh, will be Ooh. in the building. So not a ba- not a bad number. Michael Swain, you do a terrific job. Uh, we appreciate what you do for us and at CycloneAlert.com. Michael, we'll talk to you with you next week. Thank you very much. Definitely, thank you guys. Good to talk to you, Michael Swain. 24-7 sports, cyclonealert.com. All right, Vinny Iyer coming up. Let's get Zach in here. He's been very patient. Vinny Iyer on the NFL following uh, Zach. Zach, what's on your mind? Thanks for hanging in. Hey, fellas. I hate to I hate to call in and just be, uh, you know, the opposite of a homer here. But as a diehard Iowa State fan, it's just tough for me to even say that Prone's getting these guys up and ready to play. Uh, as a former college athlete myself, I have a tough time thinking that if you're playing on national TV, that it takes a lot of coaching and motivation to get up and running. I know we're winless at this point. Well, that's the but that's the, the sheer fact of embarrassment should be enough to get up and going. No, listen, I, mean, I get your happens. point. I get your point. It's the fact that at zero and fourteen in a pandemic. I I would think it would be difficult to get up, knowing night after night, at least that's been the story of your season so far, that you're going out and you're getting run out of the gym. Um, And it's, yeah, Steve Prone gets paid a lot of money to get these guys up. I Mm -hmm. absolutely get it. And if this was 2020, or cross my fingers, 2022, and we're through this BS, I'll be all over them. But in a year like this... It's got to be tough, Zach. I mean, you were you were a college is. athlete, and you I mean you know what the sure. I'm sure what the experience was like as well, a as an athlete. You I don't would, have that this year. I would ask this though: is in a time where they probably are extremely limited in what they're allowed to do, that the game itself would almost be like a holiday. Fair point. Damn near twenty times the season, and we're on the verge of going 
and being the first winless Big 12 team since the 2013-14 TCU team that was coming over from Mountain West where it was like a completely different built roster. And just a statistic that maybe you guys will get a giggle out of. Going into the weekend, and the, up, the number's a little updated now, we were 334th, I think, in assist-to-turnover ratio with the two teams we beat being <laughs> dead last and fourth to last in a first fifth to turnover ratio. I would just love to see some coaching yeah. where we stop turning the ball over. But I appreciate the call, fellas. Have a good one. Yeah. And, um, Good talk. Yeah, listen, Zach, Thanks, you call any time. Appreciate it. Look, I'm not saying build a statue of Steve Pro for getting him to <laughs> yeah. play hard, but I'm going to cut him some slack this year. And and like I keep hearing he's coming back. They don't have a point guard. They it, don't. Marius Rasier Bolton's out of position. Right. They don't have a point mm-hmm. guard. And this is it's not an excuse. It's reality. When he recruited Tyrese Halliburton, he didn't expect him to leave as a sophomore. We can get into Taylor Horton Tucker. Still a top fifty guy. You don't expect also to leave after a year. When he didn't play in the Big 12 championship game. Right. You don't anticipate that's going to happen. Those are two monster blows. Yeah. Those are blows that, yes, can a Kentucky get by with it? Yeah. Uh-huh. But Iowa State can't. Right. When those unexpected guys pop at that kind of level. That didn't decimate them, but pretty close. They don't have a point guard on the roster. Nope. It's as simple as that. And, and they have a top 51 coming in next year. Right. And the, the Wichita State soft landing spot, uh, potentially, that was gonna, they're going to hire that dude that's there. I mean, <laughs> they're look, winning look, games. Look, they're yep. winning games. They're in front of their conference, mm-hmm. for crying out loud. Vinny Iron next. Miller and Condon, 1460. KX and 010. Let's uh, get right to Vinny Iyer, Sporting News. Appreciate Vinny's contribution each and every week. We talk a little NFL. Of course, Vinny is a three-time Jeopardy champion. And Vinny, your worlds are colliding. An NFL quarterback is hosting Jeopardy, Aaron (laughs) Rodgers. Uh, And you wrote about it yesterday in one of your uh, many pieces at the Sporting News. How do you think he's going to do, Vinny? I think he's going to do pretty well here. I mean, it looks like uh, they're pretty loaded. Looks like they might be covered for all of 2020 here with their guest hosting. If they go a couple weeks at a time, uh, maybe a little bit more of that with some of the hosts. But you'll get a two-week stint. It was uh, reported that it will be April 5th, so you can uh, do the math there. But 10 episodes in April. So uh, if you're uh, looking for something before the NFL draft to uh, take you there, as a Packers fan, you can watch Aaron Rodgers on Jeopardy. So big week, I guess, for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah. Confirmed engagement and all that. So. Yeah, it's a pretty big uh, 2021 20, uh, so far for Aaron Rodgers, a uh, big 2020 as well on the field. So, yeah, he, he deserves all of it. I mean, he's one of the smartest players in the NFL overall on and off the field. One of the best guys you'll talk to, uh, and he'll uh, give more the donations to his charity by doing this as well. So that's mm-hmm. an important part of the appearance and the show there. So. Yeah, it's exciting to know that he'll be on there. I'm excited for the other guest hosts as well. But Aaron Rodgers, certainly we're going to watch that with a little greater interest, uh, knowing that maybe it's a little bit outside the box uh, versus some of these other people who are actors and news people and uh, people that may have more experience in front of a camera. So maybe it's a bit of an audition for Aaron Rodgers being on TV talking about the NFL down the line. Well, I hope he doesn't quit his day job. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the Jeopardy, it's been interesting 
Ken Jennings, the producer now, is a host here for uh, this week and I believe next. And then we'll get uh, back into some new names that are going to be joining. But not into the Jeopardy fandom here, as I love Jeopardy as you do, Vinny. But let's get into the NFL. The quarterback carousel. I thought it was going to be a little more active at this point. Is that I'm ready to. <laughs> is that maybe just uh, getting a little bit too excited for something that realistically didn't have a chance to be, what, the 15, 18 number that we heard from some people, including Adam Schefter? Well, I think it's going to happen at some point. I don't know. 15 to 18 is a good range still because there's a lot of things yet to come here with these decisions. And keep in mind, I mean, part of it is that you have the five first-round quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks like that number is going to be real here no matter what. And actually, as you keep looking at it, Mac Jones, uh, Trey Lance, these guys seem to keep sliding up there a little bit mm-hmm. behind the other three guys, that uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Justin Fields. So it looks like these five are going to go. And Kyle Trask kind of is holding steady, so to speak, as a, a mid-second-round pick at worst. So it's a lot like we saw with the 2011 draft, and it didn't work out a lot. In that one, you had uh, Cam Newton and Andy Dalton work out Colin Kaepernick to some degree before some things didn't go in his favor. And then you had the the three kind of in the middle that didn't work out and uh, Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert, and Christian Ponder. So is that going to be a similar situation playing out in 2021, 10 years later? Definitely could be. So we'll watch that um, for sure. And again, that's part of it is teams are weighing, what are we going to do with these other free agents? they got to figure that out. There's some teams trying to manipulate uh, their salary cap to get under that 180 million mm-hmm. around mark which is going to be they got to worry about the franchise tags now and <laughs> that's the window that's opened here so i think they're variables that these other teams have to figure out before they go forward i think with the rams and uh, eagles they were definitive they were going to move on from those quarterbacks no matter what they had an avenue to do so the lions and colts obliged there to make those happen and those two teams really wanted to move forward. So you're highly motivated on the buyers and sellers on in that deal. So we'll see if the Texans will get a little bit more motivated with Deshaun Watson. Are they less motivated, knowing that it's harder to move him and get the competition they want? So a lot of things in play here. I, I think, again, those two teams, a little bit more aggressive than others because I think they just wanted to move forward with uh, – their starting quarterback situation is a little bit different from the rest of the league. Where does Deshaun Watson make sense to you? If if Houston makes the mistake, and I believe it will be a mistake of trading him, uh, where where do you think that destination will be? I still think you can't rule out the 49ers. I, I, I think they have a nature of being aggressive to make this type of move. I mean, they are one of the busiest trading teams. I mean, last year they went and moved to Forrest Buckner and they got his replacement in the draft immediately in the Javon Kinlaw. Mm -hmm. So this team knows exactly what it's doing in terms of how to flip assets, how to move forward, save some uh, cap room, all that. They can easily move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, get all that cap money back without any dead money. So that was a well-written contract where they're not backed into uh, paying him if they don't want to. So we'll see what it takes to get Deshaun Watson. I'm thinking right now, probably multiple first-rounders, and some kind of significant player that's going to be an impact player for whoever that new quarterback is or someone to help rebuild that defense. So that's probably going to be the holdup. What player do the Texans want that could make that deal go through? Are they willing to settle for two first-round picks? Do they need three? Do they want one from 2021? Are they going to settle for, say, if they're three first-round picks from 22 through 24? So 
there's all kind of question marks there with what the Texans are going to accept for Deshaun Watson. Then wild card is does just Deshaun Watson just stay there and then they make it work if they're not getting the offers they're looking for and say, look, he can be a lead quarterback. Let's rethink this and go get him some help, listen to him a little bit more, and then move forward with our uh, uh, quarterback here. I think the biggest problem here is that to the Texans, J.J. Watt's gone. You're not sure if you're going to bring back Will Fuller. So, again, I don't know if it's a place that Deshaun Watson really wants to be anymore. Fill us in on the strange story and saga of Isaiah Wilson, the Tennessee Titan first-round pick from a year ago, said he was going to quit football. He only played four snaps during his rookie campaign, arrested once, in trouble another time with the cops. What's going on here? What you've been able to unearth a guy that was a first-round draft pick just a year ago? Yeah, it's very interesting with the last couple of picks that the Titans have had. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons had his uh, little bit of an issue, and he's worked out a little bit, but he came in with an injury, had some other things going on. They still drafted him, and then they went back to the well and took Wilson, who there were some question marks about there. It wasn't necessarily the most uh, bonafide draft pick at that spot. So Titans have been willing to take some chances. I, I think it's a varied degree of chances. They have done so in the draft, but also J.D. Von Clowney, where no one was really signing him. They took a flyer, didn't quite work out. So things haven't worked so well for the Titans in that department with those uh, type of moves. So, yeah, I think it's just very frustrating. You, If you get a guy, you want him to commit to play uh, here. And uh, it, it's hard, to, but sometimes that can happen. And that's what teams are always looking at, and it's a bit, of an underrated thing in the draft process is how much they enjoy playing the game, how much they want to play there. So I think he had a few years ago, he had an offensive lineman, Kwame Harris. He was a little bit different and didn't uh, play for the 49ers as well as they thought. And sometimes that passion for the game is something that's been underrated. And sometimes it's tied into some off field issues or how much you're committed to doing this. So, that's very frustrating when you use a first-round pick, which is the highest pick, and a pretty good salary for a guy like that to uh, kind of not get all the answers. So hopefully the Titans can resolve something here, and if uh, that's just a better way for Wilson to go not play football uh, and that's better for his life, so be it. Uh, Vinny, we've got uh, like 90 seconds left. Uh, you, we know the history of uh, the Super Bowl loser getting back, or in this case not getting back uh, to the Super Bowl. This feels different clearly, and I'm sure it's uh, part and parcel because of number 15. But when you look at the AFC overall, I mean, Baltimore, Baltimore, Baltimore too. Buffalo's not going anywhere. Miami, I think, is on the rise. Uh, Baltimore, Cleveland, you've got to feel pretty good about them. And Cincinnati's at some point going to be a factor, I believe, with Joe Burrow. The Colts are a good football team. Uh, it's not going to be easy for the Chiefs to represent the AFC. What's it going to take for that Super Bowl loser curse uh, to be lifted next year? Well, I think the Chiefs have to stay on it and stay aggressive. And uh, part of it is uh, saying, look, we have to keep playing for now. And we still have a decent window. We don't have too many issues with people leaving and we might have to kind of look at safety again wide receiver they're going to have to draft somebody and really i think that finally caught up to them a little bit that they didn't have the third weapon that's reliable mm-hmm. i mean sammy watkins simply wasn't it so but it definitely caught up to them against the buccaneers where once you took travis uh, kelsey and uh, contained him and you triple team tyree kill there was no one else to make plays when patrick mahomes needed it to get open quickly so that's going to be a priority, getting that third playmaker. I think that's very critical. 
Chiefs have done a good job of making it work with mainly two guys, but they got to get a third one, get that running game back up to speed. Maybe your offensive line will get healthier. You can uh, that's a the little key. Bit more there. Yep, the offensive yeah, so line. I, I think, yeah, so I think they have potential there to get back. And as long as you have Patrick Mahomes again, you I think they're always in the conversation. Vinny, Vinny, we're out of time. Thank you, Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Appreciate it.